Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. All right. Uh, it typically, <laughs> it's at our Wednesday night recharge services that we've been going through the book of the uh, book of Psalms for, for about the past three years now. And uh, we did take a look at Psalm 90 back in October, I believe. Um, but this New Year's Day, Sunday morning, I'd like for us to return there and really just zone in on a couple of verses near the end of the song. Um, we are here on New Year's Day, and it is a time in our lives that one thing that's pretty typical for most of us uh, to do is to make New Year's resolutions. Uh, I imagine this month, um, I'm, I'm hoping to go to the gym tomorrow afternoon, it'll probably be a lot busier than it has been in the last month or so. Um, e- even if we don't succeed in our New Year's resolution, even if we actually don't ever start one, um, I would propose that the majority, majority of us have at least considered in the last couple of days or weeks making some change in our lives. That's a good thing. It's something that we ought to do all year long whenever we evaluate our lives and we see some area in our lives that maybe needs growth. Um, Can I give you a resolution to consider this morning that God gives us here in Psalm chapter 90? And and I mean, celebrate today. Um, Eat eat your black-eyed peas and collards, all right? Um, But God has something for us here that will result in, in more than indigestion later today, all right? Um, more than losing a few pounds, um, more than a healthier diet, even more than progress in your education or career, the resolution that God's inviting us to commit to and begin here in Psalm 90, it's rewarding. It is. It's spiritually rewarding, eternally rewarding. I want to read verses 12 And then 16 and 17 once more. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And then drop down to verse 16, where God says, Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. Let's pray real quick before we study this verse by verse. Father, as we come to your word this morning, we're thankful that you've given us life um, here on this this new day of a new year. And um, Lord, I pray that you would reveal your truth to us, that your Holy Spirit, who's present in the lives of every single person and dwelling every one who's trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior, that he would have an unobstructed ministry for the next little bit here as um, we study your word, that he would illuminate this life-transforming truth that you have for us here. Um, God, I pray that we would, in 2023, maybe more than ever, um, live intentionally, each and every moment of every day. And God, that we would join you in the work that you're doing. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. So when we read this entire song, Uh, together earlier, all of Psalm 90. Um, You might have noticed there at the very top, right under that 
number, Psalm 90, is, is what's called the superscript. And um, it, it says that it's a prayer of Moses. Um, he was one of the individuals, the human authors that got inspired to write the book of Psalms. David is probably the most prolific one. But this um, is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. God inspired him to pen this song that God has given us. And in the first eight verses, uh, Moses talks about God's character. He talks about who God is and what God does, what God is like. But then in verses 9 through 11, um, Moses begins to teach about the brevity of life. And he does that with a purpose. He wants us to live each day with intentionality. He wants us to never take a moment for granted. I'm guessing that Moses may have written this song, that God inspired him to write this song, uh, near the time when God was about to take the children of Israel into the promised land. But Moses wouldn't be allowed to go in. Uh, instead, God would take him high on a mountain, and he got to see all of the promised land. Um, but only the people that Moses led through the wilderness were going to go in. Because, because of an earlier act of rebellion against God, um, he, he would never get to experience what he was about to see. Uh, and it was on that mountain that, that Moses' life ended uh, at the age of 120. So he lived a long life. Uh, according to Deuteronomy 34, 6, God buried Moses up on that mountain. Uh, and it may have been on this mountaintop, mountaintop experience that, that God inspired Moses to write this song to us in the prayer of verse 12. It would make sense to me. It definitely correlates with that historic event. Um, and here is Holy, inspired, Holy Spirit-inspired wisdom uh, from one of the greatest saints in the Old Testament near the end of his life. Let me read verse 12 once more. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Church, that is a request that, that is intentional. Uh, Moses instructs us here to pray that God would help us to understand what we are all given. And when God says to Moses here that we should ask the Lord to teach us to number our days, that's a request uh, asking for an understanding of the time allotment that God has given every single one of us. In, in one sense, um, that time allotment is the same for us all. In another, it's different. It's the same in that we all, we all have 24 hours in each day. Um, we're all given the same exact amount of time in that regard. But we may not all be given the same exact amount of days or weeks or months or years. That is not something that you should be anxious about or worry about. Uh, one of my favorite verses is in Psalm 139.16, where God through David says this, uh, your eyes saw my unformed body. All of the days that were ordained for me, they were written in your book before one of them came to be. Do you realize that before you were born, uh, before you ever made an entrance into this world, every day that God had ordained for you to live, it was written in his book of life. Now, I find the greatest comfort in that fact. I don't need to worry. I don't need to be anxious about what Moses, uh, God has Moses say here in Psalm 90, 12. Uh, in fact, in the next verse, in Psalm 139, 17, David describes that as being a precious thought that he has about God. Not a worrisome reality, 
Um, and God tells us in, in James 4, 14, that the length of our time here on earth, he says it's a vapor. That's what our life is like. It appeareth for a little time and then it vanishes away. And again, the purpose behind God reminding us of these truths and instructing you and I to pray that he would teach us about this reality is not to cause anxiety or worry. It's to motivate us. It's to motivate us to pray that God would teach us the reality that we have a set amount of time. Every single one of us, we have a set amount of time here on earth. That we would number our days. And then let's finish, finish verse 12. And the whole reason that we should ask God to teach us about the brevity of life is so that we can undertake what he's assigned us. Uh, see, it'll do you no good. Um, it'll give God no glory for you and I just to learn from God that life can be short, the, about the brevity of life. And even the lost people in this world might admit that from time to time. Uh, most of the time, those who don't have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus, like we do most of the time, they don't even think about that kind of stuff. But, but if and when they do, if they have some moment or they have some life experience, when they actually do recognize the brevity of life, what is so often the response of those who don't know Jesus? Uh, if it's not anxious depression, it's usually carnal hedonism. Um, that, that whole YOLO mentality, you know, you only live once, so do everything you want to do. Get what's yours no matter the cost or who you might hurt or harm. That's a lie. That YOLO, is, it's a lie. You don't only live once. There's not a person here who only lives once. That's not what God's teaching us here at all. His word says that all of us are going to live forever somewhere. All of us. We will live forever somewhere. And that location and your eternal experience, that's entirely dependent on what you do right here, right now. Whether you, with a set time that God has given every single one of us, whether you trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, whether you live for him, or whether you trust in the things of this world and live for self. Just like that prodigal son in, in Jesus' parable um, those without Christ, they usually respond to the reality of the brevity of life with all the soul-stealing pleasures of this world being their target. Or they might chase the dollar so they can live the good life, what they consider to be the good life. Acquiring piles of stuff! <laughs> How much of that stuff do they take with them or enjoy when their set time allotment is fulfilled? See, when Moses prays, God, teach us, in verse 12, teach us, God, to number our days, that infers that that's something that we have to learn. It is not automatic behavior for us like breathing. Most people live with little awareness that life is short, even many Christians, that we should be numbering our days. So what are we to do when God does answer that prayer request of verse 12 for us, when he teaches us to live intentionally because we know our days are numbered? And maybe he's done that for you already this morning just by reminding you of that truth here in this verse. What are we to do? What does verse 12 say? Apply our hearts unto wisdom. And that is so important. See, when we learn what God is teaching us here in verse 12, when we learn to live intentionally every single moment of every single day, that truth is here. Awesome. God does not want it to stay there. 
He doesn't. He wants it to, to move for the Jesus follower. He wants it to move about 12 inches lower to right here to our heart, to where we form our values, our will, our choices, our emotions. And so God, help us to learn the reality that you have. You have given each one of us a, a, a set amount of time here on this earth, but help us to learn it so that we apply our hearts unto wisdom. And when the implications of this truth, when they move from here and they get here, God wants that truth to keep on moving. He wants it to keep us moving. He wants it to move to our hands. And he wants it to move to our feet. It should affect our choices. It should affect our conduct. It all begins, yes, with an acknowledgement of this biblical truth. But then it's God's will that we would apply our hearts unto wisdom. We'd apply this biblical truth about the brevity of life. And that means acknowledgement will become action, undertaking what we've been assigned because we understand what we have been given. We understand we have a set amount of time to live out our life's purpose, to glorify God and live in joy for him, with him forever. And um, that assignment from God for every one of our lives, it's described in verses 16 and 17. And so is the reward for acting on this reality. It's a reward that is incredible, but if we're going to receive this incredible reward, first we need to obey verse 12 so that we can perceive God's work. Well, that's the prayer of Moses in verse 16. Let your work, let thy work appear unto thy servants and your glory unto their children. Moses prays here, God help us to recognize that you are at work. God is still at work, amen? Is he at work this morning? He is. Um, he isn't sitting up there in heaven. Jesus isn't sitting up there having forsaken us. Uh, he is still at work, and he has a place for us in his work. John Piper, uh, one of my favorite pastors, he, he said this once. He said, um, do you know that at any moment in your life, God is doing like 10,000 things, and you might be aware of three of them? And you, you might even get one or two or three of those things wrong, misunderstanding what he, he's at doing. Uh, Krista, my wife Krista, she likes to go to the theater, um, the movie theater, yes, but she actually likes plays. I think you like plays even more. And so, um, you know, if it's a special day or something, I, we go to Cape Fear Regional Theater, or we might, if I got a lot of money or something, I might take her up to Deepak or, or Mimendi con Concert Hall. But the reason we do that is because those ones are really good. And, um, I mean, the, the scenes are elaborate, great actors, but, but it's the, the money they have for the backdrops and all the scenes. And, you know, um, that's kind of important. It's what makes the show sometimes. And the curtain will close and act, before Act 2 comes back, and, and there's a whole change of scenery. There's a lot going on backstage, isn't there, that, that we can't see? that makes that such a wonderful experience. I think it's the same thing that's true here. That's why Moses is praying what he's praying here in verse 16. God, help us to understand you're at work. Let your work appear unto your servants and, and thy glory unto their children. I think of the book of Esther, one of my favorite books in the Bible, and God, the name God is not even mentioned in that entire book. Was God at work in Esther? Woo! <laughs> yeah, he was at work. He was at work through Mordecai. He was at work through Esther, for sure. You know, um, have you been doing God's work in 2022? Will you join him in 2023? I mean, can you look back at things that happened in 2022? And I, I pray you can. I hope you're thinking of things right now. And you can go, yeah, God did that. 
And man, God answered that prayer. And I thought I was all alone, but God did that, and he did that, and he did that. Will you be able to say that in 2023, 365 days from now? And actually, Moses' prayer here is a bit more specific than that, especially in the second part of verse 16. He asked that God's work would appear, yes, that he and that all of God's people would perceive God's activity in their lives. But what else does he ask for there in verse 16? For God's glory to appear to their children. And, and listen, there is a message for you here this morning, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. If you don't perceive God's work, it's going to be pretty difficult for your kids too. If you don't highlight that for them, um, see, they learn from you. If you don't number your days and apply your hearts unto wisdom, or maybe you do, maybe you do number your days, but you apply your hearts to your own purposes and ambitions, and to seeking the pleasures and treasures of this world, well, then it's likely that so will those whom God has assigned you to guide to him. Do those little ones see God at work because you're pointing them to his activity for you and for them? Are you teaching them to number their days, to live intentionally for God's purpose in their life? to glorify him in all that they do, to receive goodness from his hand because they're finding all of their joy, not in anything but Jesus Christ. Will your kids or grandkids be closer to Jesus? Will they know more about who God is because what you decide you are gonna keep on doing or you're gonna start doing right here this morning? Now, there is nothing more faith-inducing <laughs> There's nothing that provides greater comfort in life. There's nothing that gives you an actual real life peace that passes all understanding. I can't think of a greater reward than perceiving that the omnipotent sovereign of the universe who loves me and who is all powerful, but he's also always good, that he is active in my life. Isn't that an awesome thing to even consider? And in the lives of those that I love. And another aspect of that reward is mentioned in verse 17. That's for us to partner in God's work. Moses' prayer continues here. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And each one of us ought to offer that prayer to God here at the beginning of the year this morning. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Do you understand what Moses is asking God for here? And what we should be asking God for, what we should be desiring as we begin a new year. This is not a, God, be good to me. Let your beauty show uh, down on me. Uh, this is not a prosperity theology prayer. Uh, God, help me achieve my ambitions and the goals that I've set up this year. No, it, what he's asking for here is that when people see me, they see Jesus Christ. And how I live intentionally, in the, in the things that I value, in the words that I say, in the way I act, they don't see Jason as much as they see Jesus. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, Dublin First Baptist Church, in 2023. That should be our prayer, that when this lost world, uh, they see us, and when, and when other Jesus followers see us, they see the love of Jesus Christ, and they experience the mercy the grace, just as if it were Jesus giving it to them. That they see the perfect obedience to the word of God that, that Jesus lived out. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? All of that beauty, just descending and covering all of our own sin-caused deformity and, and foulness. Is the beauty of God upon you, Christian? If it's not as much as it should be, this is a good day to resolve for that to begin here this morning. And then as Moses 
finishes this prayer song in verse 17. He says, establish thou the work of our hands upon us. God, the work of our hands, establish thou it. And this final aspect of blessing that Moses is praying for himself and for all of God's people is for the permanence of his work, their work. He says it twice for emphasis. God, this is something I'm really desiring. And please understand, without this blessing in our lives, our, our work, everything that we do, it will pass away quickly. It will have, it will leave. <laughs> Little or no impact. What a sad, futile way to spend our allotted days here, however long they are. But, but do you want whatever it is that you do? Uh, do you want uh, your work to have permanence? Do, do you want it to have perpetuity? Do you want what you do in life to matter? Then make it always God's work. That's the point here. I'm very thankful for this congregation. I love this family. And God has schools all over Bladen County, um, and they're filled with teachers, school staff. If God has placed you as a teacher, will you do that every day with intentionality? That it's his work. This is his work. It will, and how you think and how you speak and how you act, will you be pointing to others to the joy that you have in Jesus Christ? You'll be covered by the beauty of the Lord every day, if you will. There's hospitals and clinics filled with medical staff all around us. I'm thankful for the nurses and, and PAs and nurse practitioners and doctors we have in our church family. Will you interact with every patient and coworker with intentionality and see it as his work? This is his work he has called me to. And you understand, whatever your profession, you're a policeman, you're a businessman, you're a mom, you're a dad, whatever, Christian, fill in the blank. Because that's Moses' cry here. And it should be the cry of, of every Christian because we live temporarily in this fallen and perishable world. It's a cry for the permanence of our work. Listen, our work can only be permanent if it's God's work. Our work will be, it will be established by God. This prayer will be answered if it's his work. My work will be perpetual when the work of my hands is God's work done through me. And Jesus follower, when you, when you bring your will into harmony with God's will, all of your efforts, and really this is so much more than about your occupation or where you get your, your paycheck. Uh, th this phrase here in verse 17, establish thou the work of our hands, it's used at least seven times in Deuteronomy. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about getting up and making your bed. It's talking about doing the dishes. It's talking about cooking a meal. It's just talking about daily life stuff. When you bring your will into harmony with God's will, all of your efforts, when, when you make his will, your will, in everything, your work will be his work, whatever you're doing. And your work will stand. That's the point here. You know, um, one of the good newses of the gospel is this. We have a God who needs nothing, and he needs no one, yet he has in his sovereign condescension, he has stooped to work by and in <laughs> and, and through you and me, his obedient children. That's a remarkable thing, isn't it? He does not need us. And he has chosen to do that. You know, we've encountered some wisdom from God here this morning. And um, any who would leave here impacted by it, who, who would learn and live out this wisdom, we can only do it educated and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Has he communicated you truth this morning? Has he convicted you? 
Is he compelling you to make a choice, make some resolution that has eternal rewards here today? Maybe the Holy Spirit is moving you to respond by praying the prayer of Moses in verse 12, saying, God, help me to live each day that you have ordained for me to live with intentionality. Help me to live it on purpose, in your purpose, that, that in everything I say, everything I do, I would glorify you. You know, the beginning of our time together this morning, we read Isaiah 55, 6 and 7, says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, because our God will have mercy. That's what he wants to do. He will abundantly pardon, and he will. He always will. You know, Psalm 90 has made much of time, but so does Isaiah 55 there. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And that implies there's always a time element in our relationship with God. There's a time element in this allotted time that we have where we need to respond to him. Maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you to pray the prayer of Moses this morning in verse 16. God, I want to see you at work. I know you are. Sometimes I'm distracted by the things of this world and, and your work is veiled, but Lord, help me to perceive it in 2023. And more importantly, God, help me to teach my kids. Help me to teach those I love, my husband, my wife. May, may they learn to live intentionally for you because that's a consistent testimony they see in my life every single day. Or maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you to head into your job tomorrow morning with a commitment to doing God's work wherever you work. That, that whoever sees you will see Jesus. That their daily experience, whenever they interact with you, will be the beauty of the Lord just covering you, literally on you. Would you make that your resolution for 2023 this morning? As Tommy comes and leads us in a time to respond to God's word, however the Holy Spirit has uh, moved you to a uh, respond, I just ask that you would obey.